0: we
1: morning and welcome to the Red Ned Show, where it's always morning, even in the afternoon. I'm your host, Jay Edgar, and I'm joined on the other corner of the screen because we switched up some aspect ratios this week here by the wonderful Elaine. Elaine, how was your week?
2: It was good. How was yours?
1: It was, uh, it was good here. Uh, I know. trust you noted the little bit of the difference in the uh, beginning of the show here,
2: just for <laughs> one week. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's unfortunately, we do have to throw some F's up in the chat for uh, this particular show, because, you know, love to hate the guy. we got to talk about Rush and what happened here, and honestly, I'm going to call balls and strikes with it. I'm not going to be nice about it, but I'm still going to recognize the fact that he was a pioneer for alternative media, and mm-hmm. brought us into a world where you and I can have a show like this.
0: Yeah, So exactly. we will
1: definitely talk just a bit about that. I did read through uh, your Facebook page, though, and... I think this actually might divide up some of our audience here on this one, because I don't think a lot of your audience liked him very much, and I think a lot of mine did, (laughs) so we will be uh, talking just a bit about that, but we'll be talking a bit about, there's a bunch of other stuff to get through today, including something that, honestly, I didn't think was going to be top story when we started this uh, week here. I thought this was just going to be something up on a side note, but it definitely turned into top story this week. So, on the menu this week, we have uh, Texas. We talked a bit about the freeze in Texas at the end of the last show because it was just starting to happen there. And then it turned into something huge, something massive, something that we can't ignore. And we've got to go talk about it. And I didn't really want to talk about it like this, but uh, definitely something we've got to talk to now at this point here. So we will talk just a bit about that in other news Biden had himself a nice little town hall where he continued to step on his own feet, including probably one of the creepiest old man Biden videos I've been able to scour off the internet. So we will talk just a bit about that. As far as the Capitol riots go, the Oath Keepers are beginning to be charged, and I think some of them are flipping on Trump. Are they doing it out of good faith, or are they getting leaned on by the prosecutors? Well, the mainstream news outlets aren't telling us, but uh, we can discuss that as that comes up. And, a really, really interesting House bill came out pertaining to all presidents who have been twice impeached. We have such a menu of them to choose from here, so we'll talk a bit about which ones are eligible for that and what goes on with that. And I've got probably one of the dumbest articles I have seen in my life to round this out and go on surprise stupidity at the end here, so I hope you get a laugh out of this. I got a definite laugh out of it. So we will talk a bit about that to end the show here. It is going to be all of this and more over on the Red Ned Show. We stream live to DLive Facebook on both of our pages, Trovo, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. And if you can't catch us back live, you can catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on Bitshoot.com. That's all linked in the description. Or you can pick us back up on the audio platform as well. It's a lot of fun over on the audio platform, and I do recommend if you're not following us on the audio platform, the pod bean is linked in the description below as well, you can also find some great bonus content that we do not put up on any of the video hosting platforms here, including various interviews where we've been on other people's shows. I know I've just put two up in a row where you've been on both the Brian Nichols show and the Fight for Liberty podcast.
2: Yes, the Brian Nichols episode was actually from a year ago, and it was uh, it, w- it was a really good talk, actually. It was a talk about the presidential nomination process for the Libertarian Party and some of my predictions and things like that. Of course, I ended up working for Joe Jorgensen last year. So it was interesting to me over the weekend to, to find that, um, to have that like memory pop up on my Facebook and go back and listen to the episode. Um, because a lot of the things that I talked about actually were extremely relevant on the campaign trail, so it was also before COVID. So it was weird. We were we were talking about certain things that like just never came to pass because of COVID. So yeah, it's a it's a good throwback to a year ago.
1: That uh, actually wasn't that one from the year ago. That was your second appearance on there. After
0: oh,
2: throwback. okay. Yeah. Well, I reposted that one from a year ago that I was talking about on my Twitter. So if you scroll back to I think yesterday. You'll find that on my twitter feed
1: and then uh coming up here throughout the rest of the week i've actually got everything converted out to audio i've got three appearances two on the generational gap and one on call me ignorant as well for me being on both of those and uh sounds like you got your delay coming back up from uh being on generational gap i talked to john about that the other night i don't know if he's reached back up to you but uh
2: yes yeah
1: he uh you were supposed to be on there this friday was it I think so. And then he wound up going to up somewhere up in South Carolina. He's supposed to be staying in some haunted hotel.
2: No, actually we are going to do, we're going to go ahead and do it because I am a huge, like supernatural aficionado, like the show supernatural. But also when I was a kid, um, like my son is eight when I was around his age, there was this little section in our library in my elementary school that had these like Ghost stories and like local ghost stories and like historical kind of ghost story, like occult type stuff. It was all very, you know, kid friendly, like for that age range. And, and I could not get enough of it. Now, I do not like horror movies, but I will read the heck out of some Dean Cootes novels and supernatural. I will watch supernatural and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, I'm down for a paranormal episode. Like, let's do this. So we're still going to do the episode on Friday.
1: Oh, that's awesome. It'll be interesting
2: to see if anything like happens on the stream. Well,
1: oh, yeah, that's what you were saying. You're, uh, you're uh, breaking up just a little bit too, by the way. I don't know if your uh, Wi Fi is having some issues or not. But uh, we are gonna have to push on.
2: You you are too a little bit.
1: All right, well, we will push on because we've got to come back and uh, get this going as well here. So I want to start off with the music that we started off here. And I do want to talk just a little bit about Limba. So I got to call balls and strikes on the guy because and I think you and I had a little bit of a different experience with Limbaugh, especially with what I listened to from the Fight for Liberty podcast when I was editing that up and getting ready to put that up on the audio platform because you Mm -hmm. seem to have grown up in a more conservative house than I, I grew up in a union house. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in a house where I was told day in and day out that Limbaugh was the scourge of the radio and (laughs) was the devil and he was the reason the country was going off to hell. Mm-hmm. But I actually didn't listen to my first episode of the Rush Limbaugh show until I was probably 27 or
2: 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I do remember listening to Rush Limbaugh in the car with my dad. My dad's a big talk radio guy, and he always has been. Um, I'm more of a music person, even to this day. I really don't listen to podcasts that much. I know, irony. But... Um, <laughs> i really i never got into talk radio and i but yet with my dad every time we were in the car you know pick me up from school or going somewhere or whatever it seemed like talk radio was always on so i grew up with rush limbaugh and then later uh mark levin and people like that talking to me you know in the car granted i probably never listened to like one full episode of rush limbaugh it was probably like 20 minutes here and 30 minutes here and Uh, 15 minutes, you know, going somewhere else that was a a short drive. Uh But um, Rush had a really good presentation style. Uh, It was very, it would like draw you in. Of course, that's why he was so successful. But um, when I, but when I got a little bit older and became more politically aware and started to form, you know, my own ideas, I, I, I recognized what a, piece of shit. Rush Limbaugh is as a person.
0: Um,
2: now, like you said, he, he's like the grandfather in a way of podcasting, because that's essentially what talk radio is. Talk radio was the original podcast. It's just on the radio instead of on the internet. So made this whole movement of podcasting possible. And that that is very commendable because it created an entire new industry within, like a sub industry within broadcasting, which hadn't been done in a long, long time. I mean, maybe maybe ever. So he was definitely a pioneer in way, but that doesn't excuse, you know, his personality. Well, yeah, and I mean, his uh, his very flawed when beliefs. I was,
1: when I was uh, when I listened back to Rush too, it was always the same. I I can honestly tell you. It was 50% when I was listening, because I listen to it on the way to work every once in a while, but when I did listen to it, it was 50%, oh, well, he makes a good point, or 50%, are you out of your fucking mind? Why would you say that?
2: Yeah, like, oh did you really just say that?
1: <laughs> yeah. The thing with Rush, and one of the things with, I mean, we saw so many rest and piss, the hell's got a new angel, all kinds of horrible things that the left was saying about uh, Rush Limbaugh here, but... I noted, too, I don't think a lot of the people that were saying some of the things about him had ever listened to an episode of the Rush Limbaugh show, because they always went back to the same episode talking about AIDS and blacks. And that was mm-hmm. the only citation of something bad that he'd ever said that they were uh, able to bring up. Now, had they listened to the show, they'd probably have a list and a litany of bad things that Rush has said. Right, yeah, they'd
2: probably have, like, the worst of Rush Limbaugh, top 20. <laughs>
1: If they actually listen to the show, but for the most part, and we see this a lot with the new media. I mean, honestly, I can attribute the same thing with a lot of what people said about Trump. Because, you know, with Trump, it was always, oh, he's a racist, he's a fascist, he's a sexist, he's this, he's that, he's a Nazi, he's this. He had a lot of bad policy, the president. And nobody seems to talk about that. He Mm -hmm. spent us into absolute fucking oblivion for four years. Mm -hmm. Nobody on the left seems to talk about that. It's always that. Choose your term. Ist,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. it was the same with Rush. It was they weren't mad at Rush because they heard him say something. They were mad because somebody else in some other part of the media told them you have to be mad at this guy.
2: Yeah, it's just new media is a lot of parroting, mm-hmm. like it's a lot of just echo echoing what other people have said. Like there's very there, there's very little originality to it, mm-hmm. and Rush was actually very original with his material. Doesn't mean it was good material, but it was original. It was all his, you know, there was nobody else like him. So that definitely made him stand out.
1: One of the other, another analysis that I heard about this, and I really got to thinking about this after, uh, excuse me, after I listened to that, the analyst was talking about the fact that Rush passing away Mm -hmm. actually does represent an end to the second generation of new media where rush came out and he was able to still command. Okay. Well, you're going to put me on your radio station, but you're going to pay me $50 million in royalties or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. And I
2: just heard, and I just heard today that they're actually going to keep his show going. Like they're just going to play reruns uh, until probably until the ratings start falling off.
1: But I mean, to go back with that, I mean, that's, he's the end of that. What what radio sh- uh, host do you know that can still do that now to this day and that has that same kind of operating budget that Rush had in order to do that? Whereas the difference now is you and I sitting here, me talking to a $20 microphone and you talking into your computer microphone because we had a little mm-hmm. bit of a technical glitch right before we started. <laughs>
2: here. Yeah, I mean, there are very few people that could take Rush's place that have that kind of star power. I mean... 10 years ago, I would have said Sean Hannity could do it, but I don't think he's got as much clout anymore. And same for Glenn Beck. Um, They both more transitioned into TV, but they both did have very successful talk radio careers before that transition. But I think that's one of those things where once you make that jump into TV, you don't really go back because it is considered taking a step back to going back to talk radio. Mm
1: -hmm. So... And, I mean, as much as I couldn't stand what the guy said, I he, I was still inspired by the fact that he was out there and, once again, was able to conquer a media source that wasn't there before. AM radio was dead before Rush went on, and then it became the yeah. home of talk radio. There is a reason.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and conservative talk radio dominated for a long time. It still does. And it, yeah, it still does. They are way, they were way ahead of the left because of Rush Limbaugh deciding to, to make that platform his. And that's what happened. Other conservative voices followed him. Mm-hmm. And the left was just like, Oh, that's, we're not going to do that because the market was already saturated with conservative voices breaking into um, breaking into that market. There was no audience for it. So that was the counterpoint to the left was, well, you don't go to talk radio to listen to the left, you go to talk radio to listen to the right. Yeah. And I think now it's it's maybe a little bit more equal, but only because of podcasting, because podcasting, I feel like is so diverse and the left has definitely taken over podcasting. I mean, Barack and Michelle Obama have like the most popular podcasts, like their very first week, it was like multimillion dollars for them to do a podcast. And so, so there's that genre as far as podcasting goes, but talk radio is still very much conservative.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I can honestly come back and say, I've listened around to try and find some left-wing podcasts here and they all seem to be big corporate things. It's like MSNBC light. It's, um, pod fuck America or whatever the fuck those guys are called.
2: Yeah. I mean, everything is very micro at the po- uh, podcasting is a micro, um, Industry, so there are a lot of left-leaning um, podcasts. I mean, I can find them on Spotify, and oh, they seem to be I,
1: corporate. It's not like you and I,
2: right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because this is the only outlet that we have that where we don't get stifled mm-hmm. because we're producing this ourselves, and that's important to us. But it's also it does also hinder us because we market through social media mm-hmm. and. You'll be the first to, to admit that you do the tech and I do the marketing, and that's something that I run into a lot with the marketing is that um, I have to optimize SEO so carefully to make sure that like if you search something on YouTube, that ours will come up because everything is so specialized. It's it, like it takes a it takes a special kind of you know research to to optimize your keywords and like all this kind of stuff. Otherwise, you never get found. Mm -hmm. Never. You just get buried. And all of those companies, all those big tech companies are all very, very far left leaning. So they're never going to go out of their way to make it easy for you to optimize any kind of keyword that is pro anything liberty or anything conservative or anything right leaning at all.
1: Well, and I mean, honestly, I'll come back and say this. There was a region... I chose the name of the small business that I'm actually running production through.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Ed's Block Productions. Mm Mm-hmm. And I chose the microphone that I chose specifically so I could sit behind the golden EBP microphone. (laughs) I actually picked the microphone just for that. So... I'll give a good send-off to Rush. I don't think he's going to get the flags lowered to half-staff. I know there were a couple of congressmen that tried to convince Biden to do it. Yeah, that
2: that's not going to happen. That's
1: not going to happen. DeSantis <laughs> did it and pissed a lot of people off. But I do want to say that uh, thank you very much for making paving the way for the rest of us to come back out and do this.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it that that is a true pioneer. Like I said, he spawned a completely new industry. I mean, there were people early on like Joe Rogan that that picked it up and ran with it and really made podcasting a thing. But Rush was the one I feel like that planted those seeds in early podcasters' minds.
1: Uh, we got to get to some other news here. We've got a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff to to as well. Um, starting yes, with the one that I promised you after I commented on your comment, that was going to come <laughs> up here. First off, we got to talk about Madison Cawthorn, which I oh know gosh. a little bit more about who this person is. I don't even know who this dude is, but you seem to. Madison Cawthorn put this tweet out yesterday. Breaking: I'm proposing a new constitutional amendment. The Second Amendment should be underlined and bolded. I suspect that will help Democrats, who, bless their hearts, seem to skip over it currently. <clears throat>
2: One, I have to give him credit for using bless your heart correctly, but he's a North Carolina boy. So he obviously knows what it means. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if you saved my, uh, my response. I didn't, to unfortunately. That
0: tweet.
2: You didn't? Okay. No. So I think I posted on my Facebook page. So most of you probably already saw it where I just said that at this point, I feel like he is a paid actor pretending to be a congressman because this has no, number one, it has no teeth whatsoever. Like what, it, what is it doing? Like it serves no purpose at all. It has no teeth. As far as policy goes, it will never make it out of committee. It will never even get probably put on the calendar like at all. So it was literally just a stunt and I haven't even gone and checked to see if he actually filed it or if this is just some kind of like joke, which is a terrible joke. Um, And my suggestion was like, if you want to do something productive, like if you want to, if you want to give your base something to number one, go after establishment GOP members for, because you know that they won't support it. Or if you want to give them something to, I don't know, sink their teeth into, then file a bill to repeal the NFA. Do it. Just do it just get it out there and then your base and everybody else in the country will know which establishment gop members are really not serious about upholding the second amendment it has paul po- it has teeth as far as policy goes and it doesn't make you look like a schmuck
0: <laughs>
2: even if it never makes it out of committee it's at least something this was nothing this was just fluff that's it that's why i said it it's like when when voters prioritize basically voting in people that they think will make good reality tv which is essentially what they did with donald trump this guy is the same way so he's essentially just a paid actor being paid to be a congressman but he has <laughs> no idea what it means to actually be a representative
1: well i mean you and could that's say the a same problem thing. you could say the same thing about the honorable and venerable alexandria ocasio cortez d twitch
2: true yeah it's it's not exclusive to the to the to the right or the left like there are people on both sides that that play that role
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um he and lauren bobert and mgt from from georgia they're all in their own little group and that's the purpose that they serve they were elected because they're good actors mm-hmm. that's it
1: uh let's talk about yeah. ro who what uh i i always look at this guy when i hear his name and i expect to see ridges on his nose i don't know if you get the uh the star trek reference from that one but uh, no i don't <laughs> there's a character that they introduced in the very last season of next generation when they mm-hmm. introduced the bajoran race and her name was uh ro Laren. and every time i see ro Khanna, that's exactly who i think of is ro, uh, ensign ro Laren.
2: oh and yeah Bajorans
1: have ridges on their nose okay but uh, Ro Khanna does not like your small business. So from no. uh, from the blaze, mm-hmm. California Democratic rep Ro Khanna essentially argued Sunday that Democrats believe no jobs are better than underpaying jobs, those that pay less than $15 an hour. What essentially came out of this is Ro Khanna came out in an interview and said, we don't want your jobs if they pay under $15 an hour. We don't, you, you shouldn't have a small business if you pay under $15 an hour.
2: Yes. I saw that.
1: Yeah, what uh, what were your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I just, it's for the longest time the Republicans have run as the pro small business party. So it's not really that surprising to me, but it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, shh, you said the quiet part out loud. (laughs) It's like, do you realize what you just did? (laughs) That's the part we don't say out loud.
1: Kana, i'm surprised
2: no one told him that
1: kana is a uh, a san francisco rep too so i mean just well, okay so that's not kana. that surprising so i mean for there you look at the fact that you need thirty dollars an hour to afford a 600 square foot apartment in the middle exactly. of the bad neighborhood. at least at and least the blood of a virgin that you didn't throw into a volcano <laughs> in order to sign the security deposit
2: uh <sighs> yeah
1: but yeah, I mean, out here in good old Dairyland here, I mean, 15 bucks an hour is quite a bit of money here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie.
2: I made that in Tennessee and I survived on it. It wasn't a great living, but I survived on it with a, as a single parent with a child in a two bedroom apartment.
1: Oh,
2: but shit, that was in Tennessee.
1: It's, here it's a great wage.
2: Yeah. But so, also Tennessee doesn't have an income tax, state income tax. So there's, you know, there again, we've talked about this before. There's always a disparity because mm-hmm. they're not taking into account cost of living at all.
1: All right. Uh, did you see the story out of Oregon this, uh, this week? Coming to us from the New York Post, adding wokeness, Oregon, uh, Oregon rather promotes teacher program to subtract racism in mathematics. So apparently, Algebra 2 is racist and getting the wrong answer means that you're some sort of binary white supremacist.
2: I would just like to say that I felt very victimized by Algebra 2 in high school. I felt like I was a victim of a hate crime because I hated it. That was the worst class ever. Mm. And I don't think I've ever used algebra in my life since then.
1: I took Algebra 2 in seventh grade. So I don't even know what it's like to take Algebra 2 in high school.
2: Yeah, I don't even think my school offered Algebra 2 in middle school.
1: They didn't. I actually had to uh, take a separate program. For oh,
2: that. well, see, there you
1: go, Mr. Smarty Pants. But I uh, was not that good in the English department or the Natural Sciences department. So. Yeah,
2: see, I was.
1: A lot of the stuff set. that uh, did that was based on mathematics, I could do like that, but mm-hmm. some of the less hard sciences were just, I, I can't figure out how to do this.
2: Yeah. I. So I think that this is... I think that this is just ridiculous, honestly. Uh, It's called like equitable, the equitable math toolkit. Mm -hmm. Upholding the idea that there are always right and wrong answers perpetuate objectivity as well as fear of open conflict. This is like the same thing as um, Donald Trump saying, uh, oh God, what was the term he used to use? The, uh, or maybe it was Sean Spicer that said it. Something about uh, not fake news, but like, I don't know, false facts or something like that. I can't remember the terminology he used.
1: I know what you're talking about, and I can't think of it either, actually. I I remember what you're talking about. Alternative
2: facts. There it is. That's (laughs) what it is. Alternative facts. Yeah. It's like, let's just inject alternative facts into math. Every math person that I know that's like really into math is Probably, their heads are probably exploding right now because they can't fathom that.
1: I honestly, as much as a 1984 world as we're going into, I almost think that this is an excuse for the party, capital T, capital P, to come out and tell us that two plus two really does equal five. <laughs> right. Uh, had one here that came to the Discord. But uh, I actually heard about it right before Midget B posted it in the Discord. Mm -hmm. Uh, This came to us from the New York Times, a former newspaper. Don't go down the rabbit hole, which is, uh, I mean, an incredibly newspeak way. I mean, the New York Times at this one seems to be coming out and saying, we're going to be the propaganda department. Just take what we say as fact and don't even research this for yourself.
2: So I I read that full article because I thought there is no way. Normally I skim the articles because we always have so many. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually between the two of us, we kind of like fill in everything for ourselves. But I, I went and read through this whole article. And honestly, some of the things that they were saying were they did have merit. And it was basically talking about a way of um, teaching media literacy so that not, not people, not teaching people how to be a critical thinker over every single piece of information that they see. Because if you, if you go into a situation where every single thing that you see, you're like, oh, I'm going to apply my critical thinking skills to all of these things, but you're looking at a page with 10 things on it. And maybe like one or two of them are from kind of eh, bogus sources. Like we only use, um, what is it? Green green light approved news sources for this podcast? I run
1: everything through NewsGuard.
2: Right through NewsGuard. So that would be like their first step of okay, they're talking about media literacy from the from the point of are you verifying the sources first before what you're before you are reading them and taking what they're saying seriously. So it wasn't necessarily like we want to police your thoughts or anything like that. It was more along the lines of um, being media literate is more than just applying critical thinking skills to every single thing that you see, because some things are actually not worth your critical thinking skills. Like I wouldn't take a news source that's like posted all over QAnon and be like, oh yeah, this is totally legit. I should look into this further. Mm -hmm. No, I'm probably going to be like, it's from QAnon. So I'm taking it with a grain of salt.
1: Well, and that kind of does go along with, you know, where I was saying with the Discord and what comes in there. Because, I mean, you look through the Discord and you look at what Midget B posts in there, so on. And I like Midget B, and he actually has brought me a lot of really good information, but mm-hmm. i never use the sources that he puts in there. I don't know if you've ever noticed that for contemporary because it's coming from the Daily Caller, no, not the Daily Caller, is NewsGuard certified. I don't know why. It's a propaganda rag, but uh, um, The Guardian, The Gateway Pundit. And things like that, the Federalist, none of which pass on green check verification, right? But he has brought me some very good information. But you know, like the article says, if you go on the Stormer, I I've been on daily uh, on Stormer's website. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's not a place I like to be because they're very, right. very, 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 very racist over there,
2: right? Which is which is basically the the gist of the article was that not everything is worth your time. So if you can learn how to, within 10 to 15 seconds, kind of filter out the obvious misinformation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I said, if you're looking at a page with 10 things on it and a few of them are, you know, not viable sources at all, like feel free to type in keywords from the headlines into Google and try to find a more reliable source talking about the same issue. And then read that one instead of the original one that you saw that was just kind of, you know, from like you said, like a tabloid rag. You know, you wouldn't read that one. You'd go and find the one that's from Newsweek and you'd read that one. And then you might find some things in there, you know, go through their sources and look at their sources and try to trace it back to the original source. One of the things I most enjoy writing about, and if you subscribe to my Substack, you'll notice this, is that probably at least once a month, I will write an article that summarizes a scientific study. Mm Because scientific studies are like the ultimate original source. Like it's, it's original information. It's been compiled into a really nice report. There's graphics. It's awesome. I love reading through those and, you know, and it, it never fails. Like I will discover them by reading an article from like the Atlantic. And maybe that article doesn't draw the same conclusions from that study that I draw because I have a different perspective. And so there's that too. So I don't think you can dismiss, I don't think you can dismiss the idea behind the article out of hand and just say, oh, it's the New York Times being New York Times. I do think there's some, some merit there.
1: we got to keep going here. Um, Moving on here. Did you see this one from the Hill Boy Scouts celebrating their first female Eagle Scout? And there she is. So. Usually Eagle Scout is something that takes you a very, very long time to get through and a lifetime of study. But since they've opened up the Boy Scouts now to the Girl Scouts, um, well, not to the Girl Scouts, but to girls, now we have one of the first ones to graduate with the Eagle Scout with 137 merit badges, which is incredible.
2: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Now, the young girl has come out and said that she was able to get a lot of them just because of the lockdowns and she had a lot of free time on her hands, but still. Mm
2: -hmm. And honestly, that's a really worthwhile pursuit to do something like that during a lockdown. Like, good for her.
1: And I'm not one of these either that comes out and says, well, the Boy Scouts should be an exclusively boy space. I mean, I would all at that age with the boys getting and learning what hormones are the first time, I'd almost prefer it. But, you know, you're not getting that same kind of education. It, they're studying two different things at Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And honestly, mm-hmm. survivalism is something that both boys and girls should have. I didn't go to the Scouts. I learned most of what they learned. I can outdo a lot of the scout type things that my cousin can do and he was an Eagle Scout, just from the fact that I happened to grow up with a neck that was a certain, I don't know, kind of the same color as the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, logo on my shirt.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I did Girl Scouts Mm -hmm. and Girl Scouts is structured very, very differently and for very, very different reasons. So... It is probably like, if I was, if I had a daughter that was the same age as my son and she wanted to do Girl Scouts now, I would probably find that it's a completely different, um, experience now, but when I did it, and also it could have just been troop specific when I did it, it was a lot of like home econ stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. Like, I already know how to do these things. I don't, I don't want to learn how to choreograph a dance. Like I want to go rock climbing. Come on. So, um, Luckily, <laughs> I had a younger brother who was doing Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. and I sort of became like an unofficial Boy Scout because my dad was also the scoutmaster for like two or three years. So we would. I mean, there were some trips that only the boys went on with their dads and that was totally cool. I never got upset about anything like that, but then there were some trips that they went on that were like family friendly. And so a lot of the other moms would come and sometimes, you know, their siblings would come younger brothers or sisters or whatever. And so I would go on those and they were always way more fun than the girl scout ones always hands down. Just always, we did cooler stuff. Like I, Not too long ago, my dad and I found a box of pictures, and it was from one of the trips where we went, and we learned rappelling.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Dad was in the Army, so Army National Guard. So he, like, taught all of us how to rappel. It was was a badge you could get, so all the boys got the badge. I didn't get the badge, but I did all the same stuff. So it was great. Like, we had a great time. So I would have much rather done that kind of stuff than what we did in Girl Scouts, like learning to cook and choreographing and sewing, which... Some of those are, are useful skills. They definitely are. And I did enjoy
1: those things that you mentioned. Do what? I actually know how to do all three of those things that you mentioned. Yeah.
2: I mean, sure. Like I can, I can sew some basic stuff, but we also learned that home econ in school too. So, but yeah, no, I would, I would have rather done the more adventurous things, but you know that I am probably more adventurous than most women.
1: (laughs) I got some good news here coming out of the uh, now free state of Missouri. So mm-hmm. this is coming to us from the Daily Wire. <laughs> Sheriffs can arrest feds who violate citizens' guns' right. New Missouri county ordinance says. So this is an. I love point. this. <laughs> this is not a full Missouri thing, but this is one county, and hopefully, this you know you get the stars on everyone's heads that say, "Oh, hey, now we can do this too."
2: And I absolutely love this because what, when did we talk about it? Like a week or two, maybe two weeks ago, we talked about how they passed a law for all of Missouri, basically saying like, "We don't need your federal gun laws." <laughs> Yeah, which is great so this is the second step in that it's like not only do we not need your federal gun laws but number two you can't enforce them in our state period like we'll just arrest you for enforcing them
1: yes yes and
2: that's every state needs to do it seriously every state that wants to do it needs to do it so i i nominate tennessee next and texas
1: my my little federalist heart beats a little bit faster after i see this it got me all kinds of excited
2: i know i saw it and i was like oh really and then I was slightly disappointed that it wasn't the whole state, but I was like, okay, one county—that's this is pretty cool. I like it. I hope it catches on.
1: Um, in other news, here you remember that President's Day was on Monday. I don't think we mentioned it while we were on the air Monday, but President's Day was on Monday here. But on President's Day, the day after President's Day, I should say, we had the hardest, hardest hitting Joe Biden reporting. Did you did you see this hard hitting Biden reporting this week? It's I can't believe that they could put some, a headline out like this joe biden playing as luigi wins in mario kart race against granddaughter at camp david
2: it's just so we don't have to talk about all of the bad things that he's doing
1: hey and you know the president's usually not allowed to drive because of safety reasons but the secret service let him drive too
2: (laughs) i mean so so their source basically for this was his post was the post from his granddaughter on her instagram page Mm -hmm. and it is nice like he's I don't want to say it's like fake or like it's a photo op because I'm sure it is just him spending time with his yeah. family. But he learned from Barack Obama how to be likable because Joe Biden ran for president before and lost horribly because no one liked him. <laughs> but then he watched Barack Obama during their eight years together. Be this super likable fuzzy guy. <laughs> and now he's taking a page out of that book as far as PR goes. So I mean it's a winning strategy for one because you have a friendly media. I kind of can't blame him. I mean it it humanizes him yeah. more. So, you know, we'll we'll miss him when Kamala takes over. But <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fluff reporting and they're doing it just so they don't have to talk about Trump and they don't have to talk about how terrible his policies are
1: and Biden's policies and the stupid shit that he says when we'll, we will we'll listen to that video later on too. the stupid shit that he says, and he says stupid shit. <laughs> yeah,
2: he does. He's always said stupid shit though. Like, it's yeah. just like, he's been that way his whole life. I don't know how, but whatever. Ah, uh,
1: are you ready to live in the pot and eat the bugs? No. Bill Gates says rich nations should move to 100% synthetic beef how about no i move that if god didn't intend us to eat a cow he wouldn't have made him taste so good
2: so there's way there's infinitely more people living in china and india than most of the other developed countries in the world even though i do consider those developed countries Mm -hmm. so why don't they have to do it
1: i don't know i don't like come on Bill gates But yeah, it does seem like he gives a pass to places like like It would be more of an
2: impact, unless meat doesn't make up a significant portion of their diet. I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't looked it up. But it would make sense that you would want the countries that are consuming more food because they have more people to be the ones that switch over to this. Not the ones who are consuming less food and have less people. Mm -hmm. We're seeing the same thing with carbon emissions like everybody's freaking out about carbon emissions. And they're like, oh, that's why we're in the Paris Climate Accords and all this kind of stuff. China and India are using way more than we are.
1: And they're belching out a lot less filtered, uh, yeah, a lot exactly. less filtered smoke.
2: Exactly. So it's like, how is that helpful? I mean, sure, it makes a dent overall, yes. But unless you get those countries on board with any of these programs, it's not gonna make a significant difference.
1: Oh, no 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 no, no. Just don't worry about that they're paying the taxes they're paying the okay. extra money so they get to have their carbon uh emissions
2: The countries are already very i mean their citizens are already very very poor so i don't know why they would do that
1: what you're saying that most other countries don't have a suicide net around their factories to make sure that the workers come back to work the next day instead of killing themselves
2: exactly i had a meme for that a couple months ago i'll have to find it and send it to you but it was like a it was like a factory off in the distance and it said something like meanwhile in China. And it had like, it was meant to be like a gender reveal. And so the smoke was like pink. And it, <laughs>
0: said,
2: it said, congratulations. It's a worker.
1: <laughs> oh, so you remember last summer? Cause you were first on uh, Ed's world mm-hmm. right after the St. George incident happened that yes. was when you were on my old podcast but
3: mm-hmm. before
1: that we had these instances where every week it seemed like there was something else racist that somebody wanted to talk about well you might see it close to the one that came out of new york originally charges against central park karen amy cooper are dismissed
2: yeah and i saw that
1: i don't know how you feel about this but i looked at this and i said this is a re-education camp
2: this is they've already started i thought it was, I thought it was bullshit.
1: Oh, do tell. You,
2: you made a false report. Yeah. You should serve time for that. Like whatever the, whatever is in their code that says you should serve time, probation, community whatever it is for a false report. And it depends on what the false report is. Like yeah. obviously yeah. a false report of rape is a lot more serious than a false report of, I don't know, intimidation or harassment or something like that. Yeah. But she, yeah, like they basically just sent her for therapy.
1: I still contend that it was a re-education camp, not therapy.
2: I totally don't doubt that that's possible. They probably put her in with the wokest leftist therapist and was like, explain to her why white people bad.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, she's uh, she's back out. She won't see the inside of a jail cell. And uh, honestly, both people in this incident were assholes to begin with. She was an asshole for making the call. And I don't know why the dude had had dog treats in his pocket to begin with.
2: I don't know, but yeah, it it was, it was not a good situation to, to start with her reaction made it way worse than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she could have just said, okay, clipped the leash on her dog, waited for the guy to, to be out of sight and then unclipped it again. I might
1: maybe, okay. have done that in my life.
2: Yeah. I mean, okay, fine. Like if you, I mean, if you're going to break the rule like that, then obviously you don't care. So what's the harm? Like instead she blew it way out of proportion and it really didn't need to be, but yeah, her, her making a false report. No, she should have just served the time or paid the fine or whatever it was that's in their code instead of going to re-education camp. I know some people would probably say, well, then how is she going to learn anything? I don't think she learned anything. She just learned how to parrot back what the therapist was telling her and then told it to the judge. And the judge was like, okay, I believe you.
1: Uh, I got one more here, and I think this is going to be a little bit more on the positive side for you here. I know I saw this one because you brought it to my attention here. Dolly Parton says thanks, but no thanks to a statue of her at the Tennessee Capitol from uh, CNN reports this here. Dolly Parton has told Tennessee lawmakers that actually, no, she doesn't want to be a statue in the Tennessee Capitol. Earlier this year, a Tennessee representative proposed the statue idea to honor Parton for her contributions to the state. Fittingly She's the
2: sweetest.
1: The statue would have faced Ryman Auditorium, a venue which throughout her career has become something of a second home for Parton. So I watched the video when she was talking about this, and it does appear that she first off, she was supposed to get the Medal of Freedom a couple different times. Uh, she couldn't do it under she couldn't do it under under Obama because of scheduling conflict. She couldn't do it under Trump because Of another scheduling conflict and she was offered it again under biden and she didn't want to take it because she thought that you know given the politically divided nature of the country it would seem politicized that she would refuse it under trump and take it under biden which i think is actually a really really good and respectful thing
2: she is so smart Mm -hmm. so smart people do not give her nearly enough credit for being as smart as she is she's very she is very aware of herself how she is perceived and she does a pretty good job of avoiding pitfalls like that because she is is so intelligent or she just has a really, really great PR team. I think it's probably a combination of the two. Um, You don't get to where she is at in her career and her life without having a good PR team. So I think she's got one. Um, But also she's just very naturally intelligent about those kinds of things and very aware of how she's perceived. I love her. Like, if you don't like Dolly Parton, there's a problem. Like, I'm not gonna like you probably. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> you don't have to like you don't have to like like her music or things like that, because that's totally dependent on taste. But if you don't like her as a person, there is something wrong with you.
1: I would argue that she probably didn't need a full theme park, but she's definitely been a philanthropist through her career. I've been very impressed and you know, I am impressed with the music too. That's you know, you always Well the
2: thing is is that that she put that theme park where it is because she wanted to provide jobs for the local community. So when she was deciding where to put the theme park, could she have put it closer to Nashville and gotten a ton more business? Sure. But she put it in Pigeon Forge, where it's at now, which has historically been a very depressed area of the state. It's very low income. And she basically opened it up. And now it's it's probably the biggest employer in the area
1: see that i didn't know so that uh that mm-hmm. is impressive there all right um you want to because we had the rush tribute we are a little bit further behind than we usually would have been so you want to take a little bit of live chat here and then we're going to talk a little yeah. bit of texas
2: yeah let's do live chat every time you say texas i think you're saying taxes, and i'm like what are we talking about with te- oh no you meant, te- you meant texas not yeah. taxes um A couple of our friends in Texas said hello. John is doing okay. He's in Houston. Glad you're doing okay. Joseph says he's on his way to Houston, but stuck in Wyoming. Wyoming is so beautiful. I want to spend more time there. Robert says, I can't believe people actually think what happened in DC was a coup. It was obviously a staged political shit show. Well, yeah, I kind of agree. Hmm. unsatiable wants to know, is it possible to get a girl to go out with you after she finds out your gross income last year was under the federal poverty line? I have no idea. I can only speak for myself, but I can say that for me personally, I don't really care how much you make. I one care if you like your job, because I don't want to date somebody who is just constantly complaining about how much they hate their work. Um, because obviously most people spend the majority of their week at work. So it's, probably going to come up as a topic of conversation. And two, I more care that you know how to live within your means rather than beyond it. So you can make $100,000 a year, but be up to your eyeballs in debt. That's not good. I would personally date someone who made half that much or even less, but lived within their means and didn't have debt. So I don't know. Ron is leaving us lots of stickers and stuff. Hi, Barry. Um, Robert also says, regarding Rush, people are free to say whatever stupid things they want, but they're not free from being made fun of or criticized. He's a test of free speech, if nothing more. That I do agree with. Mm -hmm. Kurt says, podcasting and blogging is guerrilla journalism. It has to be rough on the edges to be authentic. Also agree. Ed says, Howard Stern was way in front of him. Howard Stern is not political, though. He's more, like... Entertainment news, shock jock stuff. I mean, he does talk politics occasionally, but that's not his bread and butter the way that it was with Rush. Brandon says the left corrects itself. Look at Al Franken. When's the last time the right forced its own out for inappropriate actions?
1: It was that Iowa dude that was uh, the white nationalist.
2: Yes. Also, they canceled a the CPAC speaker this today.
1: I didn't catch that. I know that Trump was going to be at CPAC, but I didn't think that we had uh, room in the schedule for that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Robert says, regarding very little originality in mainstream news, critical thinking is almost dead. It's very read and regurgitate fake societies. Yes, true. Nailbender says, the thing, no one really cares what you do, only how you make them feel. Yes. And politics is run on fear, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: largely. Fear and intimidation and coercion. All those bad things. Ed says if you had a set, you would lose your edge. I don't know what that means. Maybe he means like a TV set.
1: Yeah, I. Because that was about when we were talking about. Uh, actually, no, I don't know what that was. Never mind. I
2: don't either. Uh, Ron says the left is hogging the mic now, controlling the narrative. It is really disgusting. And the mainstream media, yes. I still think talk radio is dominated by conservative voices.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I think podcasting is probably split split three ways, between 30% left, 30% right, and then 30% people like you and me who have completely different views from both of those. Because when I say left and right, I mean mainstream left and right, which is like more establishment type minds and narrative and commentary.
1: You mean like socialist versus Jesus, Jesus?
2: Yes, basically. Um, (laughs) Saint says, good evening, sorry I'm late. Ron says there needs to be an immediate repeal of all gun laws at all levels of government. That will never happen. Also, I do think that each state should be free to make their own gun laws. So if they do feel like they need one, even though I would not agree with them making it, then that is, that's up to their state. Kurt says, why underline? I have a blue highlighter. Good luck getting into the room of preservation where they keep the constitution. <laughs> you could pull up Nicholas Cage, steal the De- declaration of independence. You'd have to steal the bill of rights. Just kidding um as long as citizens united remains legal all of our government officials are paid actors masquerading as representatives to their constituents that's from robert
1: uh, either their mm-hmm. constituents or the people that pay them too. keep in mind
2: yeah lobbyists um big business saint, saint called one of us a nerd but that i don't know probably me because
1: to... i was talking okay. about uh, Trek.
2: okay mm, damon where would young people have a start to prove they're an employee that has worth that is a good point Republicans run as a small business and yet get funds from the Koch brothers. It's a joke, but not funny. Democrats do the same for Big Pharma. Um, I don't know. I have friends who work for Coke Industries, so I don't think that really happens because I definitely would have heard about it if it did. Saint says, wait, you don't sign leases in Virgin Blood? <laughs> no. Oh, and then we were talking about the math article and everyone's very upset about that. You don't get credit for an answer you might bend reasoning to, that's from Damon. Oh, Edward got it right, alternative facts. I think he said it right as I came up with it, it took me a minute. Two plus two is always four, yes unless apparently you are in new world order world, which means two plus two can be whatever the party says it is. Uh, Damon says, disregard anything from New York times. Uh, Robert says, taking it with a grain of salt is critical thinking, right? But it's not critical thinking as in a deep dive. And that was the point that the article was trying to make that there are some things worth doing deep dives on and using critical thinking skills on them. Then there are some things that you can dismiss out of hand because you can do a very quick search and discover that they are not reliable. Kurt says alternative facts sounds like vegan bacon. I agree.
1: <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> hey, you've seen well, the cartoon, I'm... right? Mm, I don't know. I'll show you after the show. Every uh, Ruben Report episode ever from uh, Freedom Tunes.
2: Oh, okay. Ron says, 137 merit badges as an eagle I call bullshit. Mm, no, not when you have an entire year off from school because of COVID. Yeah. Being an Eagle Scout automatically gives you rank of E3 when you join the service. I did not know that. Neither did I. Hmm. Ron says, I bet she didn't do a winter camp out and learn she slept with a water moccasin all night. I mean, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, honestly. said he was the rifle instructor until the scouts scouts said guns are bad okay oh and also i put in the chat i challenge every libertarian county commissioner to push for that ordinance from missouri in their county
1: yeah absolutely
2: so if you know that you have a libertarian on your county commission or your city council you better send them that link and tell them that you want that ordinance introduced or Take it upon yourself to read the ordinance at the next public meeting and tell them that you want them to consider it. Ed says, I knew the Kamala takeover was coming. Yes. Nailbender because we have to accept their cultural differences like the literal death camps. (laughs) I don't even think we had time to put that on the schedule for today.
1: No, I got a couple other things from that. From that town hall but that one i didn't catch i heard it but i didn't put that on this uh, but yeah that's another horrible one that came out of the uh, biden administration
2: well i don't like ron because ron doesn't like dolly we're now mortal enemies sorry mm-hmm. okay i think we're we're about to we're about comment oh matthew says what ordinance we talked about a news story a, co- a few minutes ago in missouri a county basically said if a fed arrests you for violating a federal gun law we're just they empowered their sheriff to arrest the federal agent for doing for trying to enforce federal gun laws because missouri just passed a law saying we don't need any federal gun laws applicable to missouri we will make our own
1: i also like the other question that uh uh, matthew hammond put up there have you heard that cnn and a couple other media are pressing the cable companies to drop fox and OANN and newsmax dude that's not a story that's the name of the book Yep. They've been doing that as long as there's been Fox, OANN, and Newsmax. All right. We've got to talk about Texas. Because uh, now, I actually want to back up and preface this. Because, and I told you about this uh, last night when we were talking about this. I think, under any other circumstance, this would have been a footnote in the lightning round. A weather event happened. Texas got frozen out. Their power grid failed and we're sending out help, we're sending out GoFundMes to go back and help them, but the news media pushed this up to the top of the news this week, and the only reason I can think of right now is they're trying their goddamnedest to make Texas into a blue state, a swing state, and we saw a lot of things that came out of this. That, and they hate Ted Cruz. And they hate Ted Cruz, and we'll talk a bit about his stupid little moment here coming back, but I want to just back up and, you know, let everybody know what happened off of this, so... If you don't own a television and you haven't been anywhere near the news for the last week, you would not know the fact that Texas got a -a once-in-a-century ice storm this past week. And it crippled their energy infrastructure, which you would think would be... I mean, you and I live in winterized states. You live Mm -hmm. in Indiana. I live in Wisconsin. Yes. So for us, I mean, our infrastructure is built to handle the ice storms like this, the cold that we're seeing from this, Um, it's meant to transfer electricity. And we have plenty of backups in place to make sure that even if something goes down in the system, it's a short fix and we can get it back up no matter Mm -hmm. how cold it is outside. They don't have that in Texas because they don't see weather like
3: this. Mm -hmm.
1: They're not built for it. It's
2: more expensive to build winterized infrastructure. So when you wanna have a low cost of living, And you only see an ice storm once every 100 years, like, what is the point in spending the extra money because you may never use it?
1: And I wanted to I wanted to bring this one up here. So this is a tweet from Dan, uh, well, this is actually a tweet from Piyush Mattel, quote tweeting a uh, tweet from Dan Crenshaw back on September 8th of 2020. Dan Crenshaw tweeted, Alexa, show me what happens when you let Democrats control energy policy. And he was, uh, quote, tweeting uh, the mayor of Los Angeles when they were going through and begging people to turn off their air conditioners Mm -hmm. for an hour a day, which I'll talk about that in just a second. And then Piyush Mattel goes back and, uh, quote, tweets that back and says, Alexa, show me a cell phone by Dan Crenshaw. (laughs) But honestly I mean he he's got a point I can kind
2: of but... see the point he set himself up for that
1: <laughs> however looking into this and looking at what uh, Texas is going through right now versus what California was going through in the in the summer in a climate that mm-hmm. they pretty well know is coming every year I mean they do this every year this as you mentioned is a once in a century ice and snowstorm California yeah. does this every single year at right. the same time every year yes. And they don't go back and rebuild their infrastructure off this so this is right it's it's not maybe apples and oranges but it's kind of apples and pears yes so um, what have you seen off the uh, off the before we get into the Ted Cruz side of this and the politics of this but what have you seen off of uh, the Texas story so far
2: so what I've seen is that the the grid failed because There, Because there was not enough of a supply of natural gas and oil to keep the grid up. And, of course, we've seen energy policy recently implemented by Joe Biden to cut our domestic production of oil and gas. And this is kind of what happened. Mm -hmm. They didn't have enough resources to draw from. Um, to supply the extra energy that was needed. And it just crashed.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there's pff, there's plenty of reason for it. Like I said, like we've been saying, for, the, they are not prepared to do something like this.
2: Mm-mm, no. Learning curve. Huge learning curve.
1: However, this did not stop the ire from the left wing of our country, as we saw with uh, Piyush over there on another the tweet. This tweet came out from a uh, Chink Uyghur, the most charming man on The Young Turds. One upside of the Texas power outages is people like Joe Rogan, who were so proud to leave California and move to Texas, freezing their asses off. They said they wanted less government. Congrats, mission accomplished. I hope you're not asking the government to come help you. Hashtag freedom.
2: <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, no. And I we, hate saw, him. we
1: saw all kinds of stuff like that coming off of just people ripping and that honestly this did make the news media made this political this would right. not have been a political thing this would have been a bunch right. of gofundmes and a bunch of people expressing concern for the people that they know that live in texas i know i reached out to wyatt um breakdown down with birkenhoff wyatt i reached out to Seawall because he's down in texas and i reached out to harvey all three of them are okay by the way good, good. i don't know if you know that but uh, harvey mcleod just moved just moved to texas like the week before all this happened.
2: Mm -hmm. Also the pandemic was just, I mean, we're still kind of in pandemic mode in some Mm -hmm. States like my state, not so much, but it's estimated that there were 60,000 oil and gas jobs lost last year Mm -hmm. because of the pandemic, because no one was driving anywhere. Right. Everybody was working remotely. So not only did they recently lose a wave of jobs after the Keystone XL pipeline was shut down, but they have been steadily losing jobs over the course of the last year because the demand wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So they, so the industry had adjusted to meet lower demand during the pandemic. It still hadn't really come back up to pre-pandemic level. And then they get hit with this ice storm where all of a sudden the demand shoots up very, very quickly. And then of course drops back down because within like two or three days, they were back into like 40 and 50 degree temperatures and they didn't need all that energy anymore. Uh-huh. So the, the market did not have time to react because it had been steadily losing and shrinking. That industry had been shrinking for the last year. And it, I think it was more of a perfect storm rather than anything else. Um, and I don't mean that like ironically like oh, obviously it's a storm but Four i mean i think it was a perfect i think it was a perfect storm between economic factors um that are that were naturally occurring because of the pandemic response um and also natural factors as mother nature so there's yeah. that
1: well and there are other things that are going along with this too did you see that some of these homeowners are being hit with bills as high as seventeen thousand dollars because of this and now, yeah that's and here. that's that's the because
2: they chose variable rates, not fixed rates.
1: Mm-hmm. We have fixed rates here. We don't have the option for variable rates, so I actually don't know anything about this. I but don't either. This has been uh, a lot of the big talking points that came out of this before Ted Cruz made his doom decision off of this here. But that was one of the big talking points. Well, this is what happens when you have capitalism.
2: No, this is what happens when you have cronyism,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you have I- a government, and you have government mandating. People not go to work.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, like I said, the industry has been shrinking for a year solid, and that's because of the government response to the pandemic, not the not a natural response of an industry that is like dying off or shrinking for some other reason. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and one of the other sides of that too is, I mean, that's that's technically capitalism, and the most technical form of that because the. Utility companies in Texas are entirely privatized, but mm-hmm. there's still a government guarantee monopoly because the government put up the infrastructure. And I mean, you show me a way for a private company to come in and provide power to other people.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, they had they, there were several um, there were several companies that sent out communications to their customers saying, "Leave our company." Go with another company for the next week. You can always come back, Mm -hmm. but we don't want you to pay these high prices. We don't want you. Like, I mean, that that had to have been so difficult of a decision to make for them to just call all 30,000 of their customers or more and say, hey, we know it's going to get really bad. We don't want your bill to be high. We don't want to hurt you. Go to another provider, even if it's just for a week and then come back. I mean, that takes balls, honestly. Yeah. Like, I congratulate those companies that did do that because that is the right thing to do. They were ultimately looking out for and protecting their customers.
1: And I want to bring one other thing. Which, before-
2: Go ahead. Actually, that's like a really good illustration of how the free market should work. They prioritize their customers to hopefully, you know, keep their loyalty. And if the customers listen to them and save themselves money over the next week, I. If I was their customer I'd be like, yeah, I'm going back because I know that they will take care of me if something like this ever happens again. So it kind of backfired. Like to the left talking points are backfiring because there were companies that did have their best interests at heart and were trying to do the right thing.
1: Yeah, um I do want to bring one thing up because Matthew brought it up in the live chat here and we talked about this last night. A little bit you sent me the article and then I went back and green check verified it and Mm -hmm. found out that that actually was debunked off of this one yes but they are still trying to run this out as uh as real news and i got this from a local source so i would trust them more than like cnn coming out and say of course of course biden didn't block anything don't don't look over here no this actually did come to us from khou 11. so Energy Department gave Texas an emergency okay to exceed pollution limits. Claims online say the U.S. uh, Energy Department denied requests from Texas electricity distributor to operate at maximum levels. The uh, claims are not true. Right. So, and yeah, you had brought up the, uh, you had sent me the article saying that uh, Biden's energy advisor... Somebody off there said, uh, no, they weren't allowed to do that now. the aid was blocked from the administration, and I've not been able to independently verify that. so if it actually did happen and k h o u is blowing smoke up my ass,
2: yeah, it I sounds don't. like they it sounds like they had the documentation from the ePA so it seems like it's a legitimate source. Mm-hmm. I sent that one to you because I got it from Twitter and you know how Twitter auto refreshes before you can click on things sometimes. Yep. So I copied it over real quick because I was like, I, we need to look into this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that we found out that that was not true because that was the correct thing to do. They should have just said, "Nope, we're suspending all of your limits, like just do what you need to do, get through the next week. Because I mean, it's a winter storm, you know, it's going to be over. Like, just like a hurricane. You know the hurricane ends at some point. Like, it's not just something that's going to indefinitely go on forever.
1: Yeah, keep keep the people warm. That's going to be the the most important thing with all of this here. A um, couple other missteps that came along with this here. First, uh, we were talking about who did what and what did what here. Well, Jen Pisaki decided that she needed to weigh her two cents in off of this. And we know how much... Our audience loves Jen Pisaki. I almost put... Do you remember that Did Do you see the song that I sent you? I almost put that up in the show notes for the day, but I decided to drop it because I didn't think we'd... Uh, the Circle Back song?
2: No, I didn't see it. Oh.
1: You'll have to listen to that later. It's hilarious. Is it, is it to the tune of
2: Hollow Back Girl? No. Because I feel like it should be.
1: No, it's... No, there is another one out there like that, though. I found that. But no, this one's an original composition. Um, But this video came out uh, talking about what is happening with the energy grid. Let's have a listen to what Mrs. Pisacchi has to say.
2: I will say that
3: there has been some uh, inaccurate accusations out there. I'm not sure if former Secretary uh, Perry made these, but uh, that it was the fit that that suggested um, that uh, renewables caused failures um,
2: in Texas's power grid. And actually... Numerous reports have actually shown the contrary, that it was failures in coal and natural gas that contributed to the state's power shortages. And officials at the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, which operates the state's power grid, have gone so far as to say that failures in wind and solar were the least significant factors in the blackouts. I will say that. Well, to be fair. They're the least significant because they're the least amount of people using it.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: So it's proportional. (laughs) Like. (laughs) And if you've got people in the parts of the state using using renewables and they were in the parts of the state that didn't get hit, then obviously their power grids are not going to be affected. Duh.
1: Plus, they were using the fossil fuels to go off and uh, fly the helicopters up to unfreeze the wind turbines.
2: Right. But again, like we've talked, like I just said, you know, the, the industry has been shrinking for the last year. So, yeah, it does make sense that it failed because it wasn't even operating at normal capacity. And that was because of government intervention.
1: So, and there were some good things that came out of this and people paying attention to this. And, you know, they did pull this off of political, but uh, I think Rick Perry said kind of the wrong thing to this one here. So I've got this uh, article here from Yahoo News that says, Rick Perry suggests Texans prefer blackouts to federal energy regulation. (laughs) What do you say if you want to turn your state over to socialism for 100 Alex? Uh, just to read into this here, Rick Perry once wanted to get rid of the U.S. Department of Energy. Now he's apparently fine with temporarily ridding Texas of energy altogether. As the former Republican governor of Texas and energy secretary under former President Trump, Perry had a lot to say about the state's ongoing blackouts amid an unprecedented ice, uh, winter storm. But even as it becomes clear, Texas energy system needs a major overhaul. Perry said Texans would remather, uh, rather rather uh, remain in the dark if it meant keeping the federal government out.
2: I mean, I would, honestly. Like, don't, have, don't turn off my heat or air conditioning. But if I have to live without electricity for like three days and it saves me government intervention, do it.
1: Fuck, I'd I'll build make a fire.
2: <laughs> I'll be fine.
1: If it got the federal government out of my my life, I'd build a fire.
2: Hell yeah, I got a fire pit in the backyard. I have a fireplace.
1: But I'm sorry, but not a lot of Texans are like you and me.
2: I mean, there have been a lot of people moving to Texas from blue states. Mm -hmm. So no, they would not be of the same mind as the two of us. And also, even if you wanted to be, some people couldn't be because they have um, extenuating circumstances for whatever reason. They can't live without power for more than a few hours or a day. And I totally understand that.
1: Yeah. it's That is like just asking at that point to come mm-hmm. back and, okay, well, just move the socialists in because we've apparently failed.
2: Right. Yeah. And yeah. No, it's a learning curve. That's what it, and that's what it should be. And that's, that's something that happens when you need to make a market adjustment.
1: So I mean, with that, we see what happened there and some of the problems that went along with this here. Now, I want to talk just a bit about uh, this Ted Cruz thing, but I'm going to I'm going to back us up and tell everybody what happened here first. So as this was all going through, this picture, where is it? I had it up here? No, I didn't. I shut it down. This picture surfaced almost immediately after all of this started. And it appears to be, it looks like Ted Cruz in a mask. There were no details that came out of this photo initially. So it just, it showed Ted Cruz in Texas in a mask with luggage in his hand. And no confirmation that it's Ted Cruz either. And a lot of people were trying to come out and say different hairline, different jawline, different all kinds of stuff here. This was supposedly on a flight to Cancun. Well, Cruz came out and confirmed that yes, indeed, this was him. And he was on a flight to Cancun. Now I'm going to stop where I'm going in this and point out a couple things that are wrong with the reaction that came out of this. First and foremost, Ted Cruz, there was absolutely nothing that he could have done for anybody where he was. It was like
2: no, it was like the left wanted him to go shovel people's driveways. Yeah, like that's literally what they wanted him to do.
1: Yeah, I mean he can't change the weather.
2: Mm-hmm. He He's not the governor.
1: He can't throw out. Uh, yeah, he's not the governor. He can't change policy in Texas or anything. He can't deploy the
2: National Guard. He can't do any of that. But and this yet, is still
1: terrible optics. This is we horrible had outrage.
2: It, oh, yeah. It is ter- It is totally terrible optics. Um, the memes have been amazing. <laughs> Talking about Ted Cruz fleeing over the border wall that he wanted to construct <laughs> so that he could go to Mexico where there's heat and water.
1: Well, I definitely wanted to talk to talk to you about this from your uh end of this because there I mean you are in marketing, so mm-hmm. as like political have, marketing.
2: I'd I, I would have advised him not to do it. Like I would have said, eh, you probably shouldn't do that. But I can't stop you. Again, you know, I worked for a campaign. Like you can't stop people from making bad decisions if they really want to. I had I I have to think that there was somebody on his marketing team or comms team who was like, Hey, um, so that trip to Cancun, like, are you still are you sure you want to take that? Like, cause this is going to be, this is going to be bad. And if he said, yeah, I'm still going to do it. What are they supposed to do? Tell him, no, you can't get on the plane. He's the Senator. He's their boss. Like they don't get to make that decision. So I would hope that someone mentioned it to him. He's an idiot for not taking the advice, but yeah. there is very little that he can actually do. And the things that he can do can be done by phone or email. Yeah. So,
1: and even there, I would have. Thought, last
2: I checked, they had Wi Fi in Cancun. It's yeah. probably
1: fine. Well, I mean, even there, I don't know that I would have gone to Cancun either. If if it was me sitting in the Texas senatorial seat, I, my ass would have been in Washington, D.C., saying, hey, you know, we need to release some emergency funding here. Biden, wait, mm-hmm? Joe, Joe, wake up. Hey, hey, wait, hey do Snap something. Back. <laughs> Get out of the Mario Kart chair, do something.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely nobody is like, why isn't Joe Biden in Houston? Why isn't Joe Biden on the ground down there? Like, that's so careless. Like, absolutely no one has said, that where's the, Joe Biden?
1: That is the worst part of this because this had every marker that this could have been Biden's Katrina. hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It did.
1: Had, had Ted Cruz not got on that plane, this could have been Biden's Katrina. Absolutely. Yep.
2: yep. And they haven't mentioned it once. Why? Why was Biden at Camp David playing Mario Kart when Texas was freezing and people were dying? And the left would give you the same excuses that we're talking about for Ted Cruz. Well, what's Biden supposed to do? He's not the governor. He can't do anything. No, but it's pretty it's pretty traditional that the president usually goes to disaster sites within a couple of days or at least like once it's safe to go. The president is usually the first person down there, Mm -hmm. even before sometimes the senators are down there, and it's their district. So I don't understand. I don't get it.
1: Well, I I do want to correct you on one aspect for Biden, because uh, FEMA is an executive branch department. Right. There was something he
2: could have done. I'm sure. And I'm sure that there were probably conversations between him and the governor, and they were probably just waiting to see i mean i'm sure the governor was like yeah if we if we get that you know limit suspended for the power then we'll probably be okay let's just do that first and then see if there's anything else that we need to do um you know because you don't want to overreact because once you deploy all those resources you can't get it back like the money is spent so you want to make sure that that you use them selectively on things that you really need to use them on and not just every little thing that turns out to be nothing um so yeah joe biden could have done something but again whatever he could have done could have been done done by phone and email too and that's exactly what the left would have said if the right had pointed the finger at joe biden and said well why didn't joe biden go to houston why didn't joe biden go to texas they would have said the exact same thing that we're saying about ted cruz Uh
1: So that's, and Ted Cruz is obviously back stateside now. His claim was that he had promised the trip, and he was planning on going down there and uh, turning around and coming back after he escorted his wife and his daughters down there. Um, his initial flight records and uh, ticket purchases denied that.
2: Mm-hmm. So no, he was
1: going down there for a couple of days, and he tried to yeah. lie his way out of this.
2: Lying Ted. Which... Maybe, maybe Trump was right. <laughs>
1: I, I, are you going to burst into flames after saying that? No. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> yeah. That seemed like something uncharacteristic to come out of your mouth.
2: <laughs> I can be fair and balanced. What are you talking about?
1: Um, where was I going to go? Well, well, one of the things that did come out of this was the fact that we saw the resurfacing of a politician who is possibly at this point... The only politician who could lose to Ted Cruz in a statewide race. Beto O'Rourke? I think that right now, if the left ran anybody in the Texas Democrat Party other than Beto (laughs) O'Rourke,
2: they'd probably win.
1: (laughs) Texas would have a blue senator. Yikes. But Beto O'Rourke was up there right away. And of course, he was doing this with the honorable and venerable Alexandria Ocasio Cortez D Twitch.
2: Okay. I I just want to point out, and I think other people have too. She proved she proved with her little GoFundMe fundraising project that voluntarism actually works. Yeah. So it's like one of the it's like one of those things where it's like you want to send it to the Twitter page unintentionally libertarian, because that's literally what we would have done. Oh yeah. Well, Ridiculous. not only
1: that, um, other people have been correctly pointing out that this means that Cortez has done more for Texas than she has for New York 14 at this point.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Because she chased, what, 30,000 jobs out of New York 14?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she raised $4.7 in and counting for Texas.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, that is true. Um, plus, her and Beto O'Rourke have been going in. O'Rourke has been... Now calling uh, around to seniors to do safety checks, going out to sa- do safety checks to people's homes to make sure that people are safe, that they have heat and they can stay warm, have food, all the all the fun stuff that they need to survive off of this. So mm-hmm. the two of them have been going off this, but this is honestly, once again, I think this is more of a political stunt than anything and not letting a good crisis go to waste because, you know, nobody in government lets a good crisis go to waste from everything no. from Katrina to 9-11
2: right exactly so yeah ted should not have gone no but technically he didn't do anything wrong technically technically but it was still a piece of shit thing to do
1: yeah absolutely and i i can't even argue against that and the last one here i wanted to bring up because we just talked about if Biden would have been in the same shoes with this could have been his Katrina moment here. He
3: was mm-hmm. actually
1: supposed to go to Michigan earlier on this week for um, a speaking event, but also skipped that because of uh, the weather. It was bad weather. Harris was out on her speaking tour because she was supposed to be somewhere else, according to this article. But the New York Post writes, Biden skips Michigan trip over snow, calls an early lid at the White House.
2: Yeah, it was like 8 a.m.? Yes. He must have needed a nap.
1: President or Biden. Maybe, took he
2: a, wanted, maybe he wanted to go play Mario Kart.
1: Maybe. President Biden took a snow day Thursday as D.C. received a half-inch dusting, but Vice President Kamala Harris carried on with scheduled in-person events. Biden postponed a trip to Michigan where he planned to tour a Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine manufacturing facility, and the White House declared an 8 a.m. lid for reporters, meaning there would be no in-person events. Hmm. So yeah, that is uh, that is our current president right now.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, do I have anything else on Texas? I don't think I do. I
2: think we do, but we need to get moving. Um, Starting after eight.
1: Do you wanna talk a little bit about uh, Capitol riot stuff or do you wanna uh, take a quick break?
2: Let's take a chat break real quick. I say as I close the window, whoops.
1: Uh, where did you leave off?
2: Um, I'm good. I had it. I just minimized it. I didn't actually close it. Um, uh, there we are. Oh, Matthew wanted me to reiterate the ordinance. I did that last time. Dizzy said, just read the communist manifesto. What do I do? What, but what do I know? I said, you know what not to do. Um, I think we're all in agreement that none of us like Ted Cruz, but we also don't agree that he technically didn't do anything wrong.
1: I don't have actually that much of a problem with Ted Cruz. He's not the worst one by any stretch of the There are
2: worst, but he's not great either. He's kind of just middle of the road, meh. Uh, Dizzy says one reason they failed is because they separated their electricity and energy lines from the rest of the United States. Then Abbott began to blame the Green New Deal, which doesn't even exist yet. Yeah, that was a. That I don't know why that was a thing. Um, Ron says the blackouts in Texas are a result of too much government meddling. Power companies will meet energy demands. It is to their advantage to do so. Yeah, it absolutely is. But not when you are suddenly without. 60,000 workers, and you're not at operating, you're not operating at full capacity. Mm-hmm. Literally don't have the ability to meet the demand. Um, Ron says Abbott was given a green award for pushing wind power in Texas. I wonder how many feathers were added to his own nest for that. I think we're all in agreement that sink is awful from the young Turks. Matthew said, Did you see the DOE block Abbott from pushing other power plants to 100% efficiency? Yes. Okay. So we addressed that. Stop your auto playing, Nonsense. I'm working
1: on it. Guess what? We'll be reading something from Fox News here in a bit.
0: I can tell.
2: Nailbender says the type of power production you don't you use doesn't mean anything if the weather is 70 and sunny for 50 years at a time. This is true. Yeah. Harvey Harvey's here. Hi, Harvey. Um, She is also in agreement with us about Ted Cruz. James says Ted lassoing the sun to heat up Texas. Best meme yet. I haven't seen that one.
1: It was a B article.
2: Okay. Of course it was.
1: (laughs) I know which one he's talking about.
2: Uh, Saint says FEMA can deploy with those shiny M4s they have in storage. I don't know how that would help. And everyone is shocked and thinks I'm going to burst into flames because I I agreed with Trump. (laughs) Oh, I said it reminds me of the scene from Clue with uh, Madeline Kahn, where she's like, flames, flames on the side of my face. I haven't seen that movie. Of course you haven't seen that movie. God damn it. Go watch some movies, you uncultured swine. <laughs> it has Tim Curry in it. And Martin Mole and Madeline Kahn and like all these really amazing people. Go watch it. Jeez. I if gonna I go watch this?
1: it right now, who's going to do your tech?
2: <laughs> watch it while you do the tech. It's a really good movie. Um... Nephilim says, if I ever go out for wellness checks with Beto and AOC, I got to remember my earplugs. Yes. Nailbender says, we didn't really get much snow in the mitten and it wasn't any more cold than usual. Everybody's kind of meh about Ted Cruz, it looks like. All right, I think we're caught up.
1: All right, so the uh, the Capitol riot story has uh, taken a bunch of new turns off of this one here. We're not going to stop talking about this, are we?
2: Probably not, no. It's, it's going to be a while.
1: So a couple of the things that have been coming from note of this, just one I want to briefly touch over on the top of this here, is that the House GOP has written a letter demanding that Nancy Pelosi address the Capitol riot security failure because if we remember we talked last week um, she had denied the National Guard to come in and guard during the counting, knowing full well that something was going to come in and happen, or at least there were rumors going around talking about this. She had denied National Guard protection on the Capitol at the time. And she basically sent a letter back to the House GOP and said, no. So New York Post says, House uh, GOP demands Pelosi address capital security riot failures House Republicans are demanding answers from Speaker Pelosi on security decisions made in the lead up to the January 6th Capitol riot and what involvement her office had, according to a new report. In a Monday letter, top-ranking House Republicans, including Judiciary Committee ranking member Jim Jordan and Devin Nunes, also accused Pelosi of blocking their requests for information on security failures. Hmm. And then, as reporting from Fox, as the autoplay came out and told us, Pelosi's office pushes back on House GOP questions about Capitol security ahead of riot. House Speaker Pelosi's office fired back at House Republicans on Monday, who demanded answers regarding security decisions leading up to and on the day of the Capitol riot last month, saying they're clearly trying to deflect responsibility for the Capitol Trump attack from Donald Trump.
2: What? It, like they—they they weren't part of it, though. Like I don't think either of them made any comments leading up to it. So how are they responsible in some way? They're how, not. Who is they? Um, Jim Jordan and the other guy you mentioned.
1: Oh, Devin Nunes. No, they're yeah. they're coming up and asking for Pelosi to answer for what she was doing.
2: Right, and her response is, you're trying to deflect responsibility. But I don't think either one of them said anything on the day of the riot that would have encouraged anything.
1: No, her statement said they're trying to deflect attention away from Trump on it.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. I misunderstood.
1: Huh. Yes. Uh, so, yes, they're going back and forth off this, and Nobody knows what the hell's going on at this point. That's basically my decision on the government in total. But some charges have also come down at this point and some other interesting deflections coming off of this. I want to read first from the Washington Post. U.S. alleges wider Oath Keepers conspiracy adds more charges in January Capitol riot. Uh, U.S. authorities on Friday alleged a broader conspiracy to attack the U.S. Capitol on January 6th among members and associates of the Oath Keepers naming six new individuals charged in the case, all of whom appeared to be group members or associates. Uh, So according Mm -hmm. to this going on, they named a few names, but it did appear that there was planning before the speech, which would actually probably take the responsibility off the speech and make the entire impeachment a sham, which I think we already knew that that's what it was, but that there were organization going on on Twitter and on Facebook between several Oath uh, Keepers, Throughout all right. of this.
2: Completely separately from any party activities that were planned.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm actually not saying that there were no party activities going on either, because you know my stance on this whole thing. I get more and more conspiratorial every time I read another article about this entire stupid fucking event.
2: Yeah. It's hard not to.
1: Uh, prosecutor said the group used Zella, a walkie-talkie-like application and created a channel called Stop the Seal j 6 to develop plans and communicate during the operation. In audio recordings obtained by the FBI, Watkins, a former Army captain, allegedly said while in the Capitol, she was leading a group of 30 to 40 others who forced entry and overran police. Wow. Yikes. So, there's some charges coming down from that. Uh, but I wanted to talk more closely about this one here because this popped up over the weekend, um, Oathkeeper claims she was VIP security at Trump rally before riot, and says she met with Secret Service agents. Uh, so CNN reports prosecutors
2: are now putting it plainly something. This court filings.
1: Shut up, you. So according to this article, um, Oathkeeper Jessica Watkins uh, was detailing about how she was supposed to be in there as a VIP security, which. I mean, Roger Stone was seen surrounded by Oath Keepers and as private security, I could see them being, I don't know what the licensure is required for private security in Washington, D.C. I would actually have to assume it's pretty stiff because Mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. is a progressive haven that's run by progressives and has been for, how long has it been Washington, D.C.? Forever. Yeah. Um... But this woman is claiming that she was in contact with the Secret Service and she was coordinating with them for the private security. And the Secret Service is saying, no, we're not.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't like Secret Service usually goes by the book. You can't convince those guys to not go by the book. That's part of the reason why they have that job. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I necessarily believe that.
1: No, and I don't either. And one of the other interesting—it was a tweet that I should have screen grabbed as well. Uh, our friend Jessica Green put out this morning, uh, talking about she was replying to Tim Pool, where some of these people are now getting interrogated and flipping on Trump and saying, "Well, Trump made me do it. Trump made me do it." And mm-hmm. I do have to wonder if some of these people are, you know, being leaned on by the criminal justice system.
2: Right. But understand. also, but also, there's a separate there's a separate discussion that you have to have when discussing this. And that is that all of these people were entrenched in this online community. Mm-hmm. And you start, and when those things happen, you start to see groupthink come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really take that many people to convince a group to do something. And if they had kind of been fed, you know, pieces of things and told things were going to be a certain way and I mean they're they're already of the mind that they're looking for signs everywhere of Q, of this, of that. And so then you have Trump making a speech like he made, they're going to take all of those things as a sign. Now does Trump's speechwriter have, is he privy to all of that? No. Is Trump, no, he's not. They're not privy to any of that. But for people that are already looking for an excuse or a reason to do something, then they hear that speech and they think, "Oh, it's like a secret code because they're just conditioned and they're in that mindset. And it kind it's kind of becomes it kind of almost becomes a mental health discussion rather than anything else, because you are in this subculture that looks at things completely differently. And everybody thinks just like you do. And everybody's waiting for this event, waiting for this thing, waiting for that sign. Uh And they're looking for it everywhere. And so what happens when you're looking for signs everywhere, you see signs everywhere. You buy a yellow Corvette, you start seeing a yellow Corvette everywhere that's not yours. Or you like decide you wanna buy a red, I don't know, a red Camaro. And then all of a sudden you see red Camaros everywhere. It's because you're you're looking for them. Uh And that's, I think, what happened here. The more I hear about this, the more I think that that's probably the most likely thing that happened. Like all of these people were already looking for signs. Trump giving that speech was the sign to them. Whether or not that's actually true is it's probably not because Trump had no idea that they were going to do any of that. I mean, there were rumors online and things like that. But I mean, as far as him being aware of all the little inner workings of the I, I highly doubt that. He's not even he's not even privy to the inner workings of his own justice department right he doesn't read his briefings
1: but you know like you said with uh with the signs always being everywhere i mean that's that's q in a nutshell
2: mm-hmm, that's really exactly. what that is right so those two things combined create another perfect storm where you have a group of people looking for signs you have someone else who accidentally inadvertently gives them the sign oops like, how do you combat that?
1: I don't know. Um, in other news with that, and this has been uh, something else to look at, uh looks like six U.S. Capitol Police officers have also been suspended with pay because they're investigating all of them as well. So this is, I mean, they're looking into all aspects of this and trying to see where this all came from. And, you know, mm-hmm. it does look like we're maybe seeing some collaboration with Capitol police as well. I mean, they let the people in. Right. Um, which one is the one that I, oh, that's the surprise to picture That's why that's up there. Um, anyway, looking at, looking back at another one here that was interesting that came across my table this week is, did you see the public's thing that kind of just came and went almost instantly? No. So there was apparently a boycott of Publix last week because it appears that the heiress to the Publix fortune donated $300,000 to the Trump rally, which, and I said, and I looked at this, and, you know, I'm not much of a boycotter, but I know that if you boycott everything that doesn't agree with you politically, and that's on both sides, if you boycott everybody who doesn't believe, uh, Believe the way you believe and do everything that you want them to do, you will starve to death. Your world is
2: suddenly going to get very, very small.
1: Yeah, you'll starve to death in a hurry. Um, But it looks like, according to this, uh, people are calling for a boycott of Publix after the Wall Street Journal unmasked an heiress to the Southern Grocery Empire as a top donor to the Trump rally that led to the Capitol riots on January 6th. Julie Jenkins' Fancelli, an heiress to the Publix founding family's nearly $9 billion fortune, has previously donated millions to Republican causes and candidates. On January 30th, the Wall Street Journal reported Fancelli as having contributed $300,000 out of the roughly $500,000 total raised for Trump's now infamous Stop the Steel" rally. <clears throat> Which this isn't the first time they've been in the news for this either, I don't think.
2: Mm, probably not. It's a hard thing to miss.
1: by the way i don't know if uh the chatbot is pulling chat from your youtube my
0: youtube
1: i know it's not going to mine because it's still we're not actually streaming to mine it looks like but it looks like i lost one of the chat channels so you should maybe it looks
2: like we lost my facebook
1: yeah that's what oh i'm sorry yeah your facebook not your youtube and your facebook yeah
2: both of them i wonder why
1: so i would go over onto the event because i know we're still streaming over there because i can see it but uh I don't know if you want to go over and look on your page and see if they're still chatting and make sure they're not killing each other.
2: I don't think they are. I wonder if we said... Nope, it popped right back up.
1: Hmm.
2: But yeah, they are still chatting. Hmm, interesting. So it's not pulling chat. So you guys, I will come back and answer your um chat messages after the live stream is over because actually we're almost done we're at the at the 10 minute mark
1: are we already shit i still have mm-hmm. a couple things to get through yet yep all right then we gotta, make it quick yeah we gotta power through the rest of this here so um one of the big ones that i wanted to talk about on um, i mean i we could sit back and talk about the student loan forgiveness um we could talk about uh many of those other things but I just made a dedicated solo video on student loan forgiveness. I don't know if you guys saw that one. And my plan to do that. It looks like, no, they're going to sit back and fight over this one for quite a while. It looks like a bunch of the uh, Biden nominees are going to get blocked at this point. But on the town hall, there were a couple of of Biden gaffes out there. And I got some videos that I want to talk about with this. Um, let's get that up here so we can have a listen to them. First, this one here where Biden was talking to a, a young girl about uh, going back to school. How does he make it creepy? Well, you just have to listen to this one.
2: Thank you. Uh, As we've been talking about, the coronavirus is very real and very scary. And it's especially scary for children who may or may not understand. My children, Layla, eight, here, and my son, Mateo, seven, at home, um, often ask if they will catch COVID, and if they do, will they die? Um, They are watching as others get the vaccine, and they would like to know when will kids be able to get the vaccine.
3: Well, first of all, honey, what's your first name? Layla. Layla. Layla, beautiful name. First of all... Kids don't get the vaccine, get COVID very often. It's un, unusual for that to happen. They don't, they, and the evidence so far is children aren't the people most likely to get COVID, number one. Number two, the, we haven't even done tests yet on children as to whether or not the certain vaccines would work or not work or what is needed. So that's, so you, you're, you're the safest group of people in the whole world, number one. Number two, you're not likely to be able to be exposed to something and spread it to mommy or daddy. And it's not likely mommy and daddy are able to spread it to you either. So I wouldn't worry about it, baby, I promise you. But I know it's kind of worrisome. Are you, wait, are you in first grade, second grade? Second. Oh, you're getting old. <laughs> second grade. Well, has your school? have you been in school, honey? No, no see, perfect. that's a, that's kind of a scary thing, too.
1: First off, the babies and the honeys all over the place.
2: I think he just talks that way. And honestly, like, it's probably the way that he talks to his grandchildren. And I've known older men who talk that way to all children. So it doesn't bother me as much. It bothers me when he gets touchy-feely. Like, well. And, like, last week we talked about that nurse. Were you a freshman? <laughs> what? Are you you a student? No, that's creepy. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) Nailbender says not being able to sniffer has got to be killing him. No! (laughs) Stop it.
1: (laughs) He had another uh, interesting one that went along with this, too. Talking about, well, first off, he went through that last one. And just on that clip. Went back and debunked all the fear porn that CNN's trying to pour into the students and the uh, the teachers' unions as well.
2: Right. Yeah. He basically just put a lid on that and like suffocated it. <laughs> it was like children can't get COVID. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he also put uh, this statement out here talking about the vaccine. Let's uh, listen to this one
3: in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination.
2: President Joe Biden. Not I, can't. I cannot with him. I saw a TikTok video earlier and it was a black guy with a laptop and he was like looking at it like it was some artifact like that he'd never seen before. Oh. <laughs> was so funny like wow the racism damn like that is white supremacy right there like you want white supremacy that is it it's when a white person joe biden tells black people and minorities i understand that you don't know how to use technology what the hell wow Uh, i can't
1: he's He's a thousand fucking years old. I can come back and.
2: It just gets worse every week.
1: I know there was a. Uh, somebody else that came into one of my contemporary live chats and like, I don't interact with the live chat during my morning show at all. Right. But I do read it and I see what's going on there. And I had one guy come in and pretty much demanded. He put a YouTube link up uh, from the Twitch side and said it was Biden saying the N-word and demanded that I play it on the air. I'm like, no. I don't you have know what you're doing. No idea
2: what that up. means. <laughs> no idea what that is.
1: No, I'm not gonna do that. Right. Nice? But yeah, it's, the guy says stupid shit. It that's what he's done. He's done it forever. It's stupid,
2: it's racist. He's, he is racist. That is well documented. I don't know why the left denies that so vehemently. I mean, they want him to be their minority champion so bad. They are just, they're so willing to overlook all of those things and say, well, that's not racism. No, that's not racist. But then the second that someone, you know, that's not Joe Biden does it, the second that anybody in the GOP does it or anybody that's not a Democrat does it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's you're, you're a Nazi you're Hitler. You're literally Hitler. Mm -hmm. You're, you're this, you're that you're white supremacy. Like, Oh, you know, they, they can't wait to play the victim card, but if Joe Biden does it. It's totally fine. I do not understand that.
1: Yeah, it's the racial jungle. Yeah, I, I can't all of it.
2: Poor, poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Really? That was on the campaign trail. How do you elect a man like that? Come
1: on. I don't know. It's And he keeps going and he, he says stupid shit like this.
2: Uh, okay.
1: All right. I got one more on the news article here. We actually might wind up a little bit early, not on time frame, but uh, we were a little bit late because of tech issues. We got another 12 minutes on the clock on this and then this, but I wanted to touch on this one here. So let me get this up. And I actually read the text of the bill that came along with this as well. But I'm going to read here from ABC4 News out of Salt Lake City. Uh, Presidents twice impeached can't be buried at Arlington or receive federal funding, House Bill proposes. I wonder who they might be talking about.
2: Federal funding for what, though? Are they talking about their federal pension?
1: Um, no, it seems to be more like building congressional libraries here. Let me just read from this period briefly. House Democrats have introduced a bill that would prohibit the use of federal funds for the commemoration of certain former presidents and for other purposes. Um, (laughs) Under House Bill 484, introduced by Democratic Representative Andre Carson of Indiana in late January, federal funds- Of course it was Carson. Oh, you're familiar with this person, I take it.
2: He's the Indianapolis congressman.
1: All of Indian, I would think that that would have more than one district.
2: Um, It probably does, but he's the Democratic one, and he's awful.
1: um, Federal funds would not be allowed to be used to create or display any symbol, monument, or statue commemorating any former president that has been twice impeached by the House of Representatives on or before the date of enactment.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. They don't have anybody specific in mind for that one.
1: And that's that's the language in this that I definitely wanted to point out there on or before the date of enactment. So right. I don't know. Are they planning on Do they seeing... want
2: everybody grandfathered in everyone? But there are no other presidents that have been impeached twice.
1: But before that's it. So I think they're actually anticipating losing the House and seeing Mrs. Harris be impeached twice okay that's why i wanted to point that part up because it was on or before but not after the date of oh but not
2: after oh interesting yeah i missed that part sorry
1: yeah i missed oh. that the first time i read that too i just i looked at that earlier on today i'm like wait a second
2: yeah they don't want to make it i mean granted they can always add amendments like someone can always propose an amendment they're like hey if you're going to do it it's going to be forever not just selectively
1: Uh, The proposed bill named the No Glory for Hate Act also prohibits the use of federal funds to name, designate, or redesignate federal buildings or land after or in commemoration of any former president that has been twice impeached by the House of Representatives. Federal financial assistance would also not be provided to a state political subdivision thereof or entity looking to name any building, land, structure, installation, or other property in commemoration of any former president twice impeached by the House."
2: So not convicted by the Senate, just impeached by the House.
1: Twice impeached. Not even once impeached, right. twice impeached. Twice. It's
2: like a twice-baked potato.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, what was it? Jackson wouldn't be on that because he's only been impeached once. And Clinton.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Nixon, right?
1: And, no, Nixon was never impeached. He resigned. That's before right. That. He
2: resigned before. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the co-sponsors, I was most entertained by this one here, so... This bill was initially sponsored by uh, Linda Sanchez of California 38, co-sponsored by Janice uh, Shekowski out of Illinois, Grace Napolitano of California, Danny Davis of Illinois, Andre Carson of Indiana, obviously, because he was the introducer, um, Veronica Escobar of Texas, Barbara Lee of California, Earl Bloom, uh, Blumenauer of Oregon, Johanna Hayes of Connecticut, Ruben Gelligo of Arizona, Jerry Connolly of Virginia, Ellen Lowenthal, I thought there was another one. Oh yeah, there was one more uh, notable one here: Ellen Lowenthal of California, Nickema Williams of Georgia, and Judy Chu of California. All of them have a D next to their name.
2: Of course, they do.
1: <laughs> but going, I mean, going back to what we talked about uh, with the proposed amendment, I mean, this is what Congress has to do. They can't do anything else right now.
2: That's hilarious. I want it to fail just so the Democrats can cry.
1: Well, they're going to cry anyway. And yeah, I mean, I've got the text of the bill up here. Too. I mean,
2: this is better owning the libs than stupid Madison Cawthorn's bill.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a, he, that's not even a bill. That was just him tweeting. I don't think he's got actual documentation for anything. That's just him running his mouth to try and get clout over on Twitter and get another vote.
2: That's just him wanting people to be like, oh, he's so based.
1: Based, yo. Steven likes to say that.
2: Yeet that man from DC.
1: Steven? He's already out.
2: No, I mean Cawthorn. Oh.
1: (laughs) Like I say, Steven's been out of DC for a while. When I went and visited him, he was in DC, and I felt dirty being there, but... (laughs) (laughs) All right, I have got one surprise stupidity for you. I laughed so hard when I read this article. I I think it was like Wednesday last week on Contemporary. I looked at this, I said, we got to do this one. This has got to be the one. Let me get the picture up there so everyone else can uh, see this as well. So, here we go. This tweet comes off of here to go along with a daily article that reads... Daily Beast, contributing editor, accuses Tucker of adding googly eyes to AOC photo, apologizes, and acknowledges it's real. What? So I don't know if you can see the photo on your screen right now because I don't know if no, you one the streams, but uh, it's... No, I... Did I put it in the document? I think I put it in the document. Did you? Which would have probably given away the uh, surprise.
2: I didn't see it.
1: Yep, it's in the document. It's the last picture. In the, no, second to last picture in the document. So it's on, like, page 10.
2: Oh, yes. See, I don't scroll down that far.
1: Oh. Daily Beast contributing editor Justin Barragona accused Fox News host Tucker Carlson's team of doctoring a photo of Democratic Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for a segment on Carlson's Wednesday night show. So it appears Tucker's producers added googly eyes to AOC in this image, Barragona posted, capturing the image of Miss Ocasio-Cortez featured on the show. <clears throat> the photo, however, was not doctored, and appears to be a sh- <clears throat> screenshot of AOC taken in May of 2018. At the latest, the contributing editor acknowledged. Maragona <laughs> then deleted the post and admitted the error hours later.
2: Oh my gosh! Taking that's down hilarious.
1: As the image of AOC has been out there since at least May of 2018, he wrote.
2: Yeah, I mean, like we've all seen the meme. Yes. Apparently, he hasn't. <laughs> Anyway, I'll take I was actually the- clicking. I was clicking on it, looking for actual googly eyes, and I was like, "Those aren't googly eyes. Those are her. That's her actual face." That's hilarious.
1: Anyway, I'll take the L. And in addition to the list, he added, Hash, uh, "Hashmi is known for compiling comical lists of people who needed, uh, who need their phones taken away after Twitter fails."
2: <laughs> Agreed. Uh,
1: I laughed so hard the first time I read this. That was hilarious. See, Tucker's a racist. He put googly eyes on there, sir. That's her real eyes.
2: Yeah, those are. That's her real face. Are you saying that she has googly eyes?
1: <laughs> well, she does, but.
2: Yeah, Ron's using the the sticker that he likes to use of her.
1: <laughs> that is my future yeah. right, wife. So.
2: What? Why? No! Stop!
1: <laughs> that has been a meme since she started running, for me. Yeah. My future wife, AOC ridiculous ah that's all i have here what uh what are they saying
2: oh let me jump back up uh ron says perception they perceived it as trump telling them to storm the congress only a mindless moron could arrive at that conclusion Nailbender says the only place he boycotts is Starbucks because the coffee sucks and the prices are expensive, and they're vocal about anti-second amendment.
1: Well, see, I'm a. I lived in Boston for two years, so I don't go to Starbucks. It's Dunkin' or nothing for me.
2: I don't even like Dunkin'. I love Dunkin'. Mm, I'm not a big Dunkin' fan. But um, I,
1: I, I, do boycott. Uh, I don't know if it's a boycott or not. But I don't go to Walmart because they got in the soapbox about five fifty-six, and you know I've never yeah. spent or bought ammo at Walmart. That's just, come on, if you're going to do that, you don't need my money. And then, remember that cringy ad that we did in, like, the first episode from the Burger King with the lemongrass and the kid in the song? Yes. Yeah, I don't go to Burger King because of that.
2: No, I rarely go to Burger King anyway. Chicken fries are good, though. <laughs> um, anyways. Harvey said, she didn't watch the town hall but heard it was a disaster. I, yes, if that is any indication of how that town hall went, it was a disaster. Mm-hmm and then we talked about the sniffers there were those comments oh and then Neil bender said suddenly smellivision has been invented and it's now a thing nice ron says wait it used to be boomers who couldn't use technology had to ask the kid to program the vcrs biden was selected not elected i like that he was Um, Matthew says, Trump could still have a space force ship named after him. I believe that that counts as property, so I don't think so.
0: I think Uh, you're right.
2: Ron says, clown Congress, so petty. Again, I have said it many times before, pettiness is not new in DC. We have literally had pettiness since the Continental Congress. Like, this should not be surprising at all. Ron said it's too bad they can't vote to disband the government It would be the last thing they ever did Well, obviously Ron says the googly eyes are real You just have to take the picture at the right time (laughs) Right after she says something idiotic And Nailbender said so just take the picture Of her at any time Yeah Um, And Nailbender says Please don't brag about liking Duncan Duncan
1: I thought it was AOC.
2: Oh, maybe it is. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do that.
1: Anything uh, notable over on the Facebook side?
2: Um, I had it pulled up on my phone. Let me go back to it. I hate that I have to like do this like this because
1: yeah, I don't know why it dropped off because it was working before. I don't either. And it must be on restream side because it did it for both of us, not just me.
2: Glenn says, you can keep AOC. Just drag her further north. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are bad. Mm. Oh, Shane says, can we impeach Woodrow Wilson twice since you don't have to be in office to be impeached? Uh, Yeah, I'm down. He's my first. He is my first nomination for presidents that actually need to be impeached.
1: I bet you we can get a second one on uh, Bill.
2: I think so. Glenn says his statements make Bush Jr. look like an extremely well spoken, charismatic gentleman. No. I'm assuming he's talking about Joe Biden's town hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry says, does that mean Biden thinks Kamala isn't smart enough to use the internet too? No,
1: oh, no. Ouch.
2: Oh. Oh, burn. The burning, it hurts. <laughs> Oh, Glenn must have seen the same TikTok video I saw because he said the dude with the laptop looked like he was a caveman and it was hysterical. Yeah, it was really funny. Oh, they're upset that I can't see their smart ass jokes. Neil says, no doubt if you listen to Trump, he still seems like he's giving them signs. I'm not with the narrative, but I'm not with the narrative of it being Trump's fault at all. But yes, it seems like he's stroking the Q people.
1: Well, that's a mental image that I didn't need.
2: Why did we go there?
1: Because we both have a 13-year-old sense of humor.
2: I didn't. Y'all yes, you did have it. in the past. Okay. True. Okay. Yeah, that's all on Facebook.
1: All right, I got just a couple more that popped in. Oh, the, and there, the Facebook just started coming back in.
2: Now the Facebook is back. But only only mine, not yours. That's so weird.
1: Yeah, mine hasn't been uh, going on, so I'm going to go on and fix that here. But I got just a couple more popped back in here. Saint said uh, Thomas Jefferson turned his back on John Adams when he spoke or the other way around. I don't remember.
2: No, 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 no. That was Hamilton. He did that to Hamilton, and he did it in his swivel chair that he invented. Um, Which I think Matthew, is absolutely hysterical.
1: Um, Matthew Hammond says, "Check out the Timcast IRL with the ammo manufacturer." Um, yeah, he was on Freckles and Brit uh, this weekend. I
2: I followed him, Phoenix Ammunition. I I love their their Twitter.
1: I have not followed their Twitter yet, but I should. Um,
2: I did should... see something that
1: they tweeted out there, and uh, you know, he when he was on uh, Freckles and Brit this weekend, he said. Uh, nobody wants to be the first one to get shot and i went in the live chat and i said and this might be too geeky for you but some of your uh more geeky uh friends over in your page might understand this i said i want to be the first one to shot because that will guarantee my passage into glorious stovacore
2: yeah i don't get that but i have always said that they better kill me in the first wave because if they don't i will become a massive pain in the ass
1: <laughs> um uh, Saint says, that's on my list. The owner of Phoenix is a brilliant guy. Looks like we've got a couple back in here from Facebook. Shane Lackey says, nothing wrong with a 13-year-old sense of humor.
2: I know. It's it's
1: great. And I think that's where we're going to call it for the day because...
2: Speaking of having a 13-year-old sense of humor, my son, who was eight, has that kind of humor. And the other night we were playing with Snapchat and we did the little... Um, one of the filters that changes your voice and like gives you glasses and little ears... And I said, what are we going to do tonight? What are we going to do tonight, brain? And he said, the same thing we do every night, Pinky. Talk to my butt. (laughs) Typical boy. You sent me that. (laughs) I did send you that. It was funny. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, personal story. That's fine. But yeah, we're done.
1: Alright, so I do want to take some time here and thank everybody who came out and live chatted with us. All the people who came in, kept us honest, threw some links at us. Looks like uh, a couple people have sent us some articles to look at and some documentation to do that, so we will look at that off the show. Thank you guys for hanging out and coming back with us. We stream live to YouTube, DLive, Twitch, Periscope, Facebook, and what am I missing? I missed one. I don't remember which one I missed, but we missed... Oh, Trovo. That's the other one there. So we're over on Trovo as well, but if you are just catching up with us now, you can go check us back. It uh, processes both on Periscope and Facebook and also over on YouTube, and I upload it back to bitshoot.com, so you can check all of that out. Link in the description, or if you'd rather take us on the go or maybe even listen to us at double speed, that's you know how I usually get through my podcast, you can check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can check us out on all of those platforms as well. Pick us up, take a listen. And see what you like. And if you're over on iTunes, leave us a five star rating and a good review. That helps us move up the charts, helps us overcome Apple's algorithms. And lastly, even though we're still under construction right now, go ahead and bookmark freedomscoop.com and go check us out. And once you're back up, you can check out other great shows like the above mentioned Freckles and Brits show, the RA Conservative, who came in and hung out with us for a little while. Also, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Daily Ignoramus, and I'm missing one. Who am I missing?
2: I, I don't know. You usually say Freckles and Britt laughs, but I think you said them first. Yeah, because
1: we just talked about them. But go over there, yes. <clears throat> check all of them out, and go pick up some of their channels. And lastly, as I always say, never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. Elaine, lead them out for the week.
2: Thanks for showing up, you guys. We had a really great time hanging out with you. Sorry that the chat like dropped out for a while in the middle, but we will get that fixed. So we'll see you next week, and... I will see you next Thursday for Rogue History, but I will also see you Monday again here for um, for another episode of Red and Ed. And this Friday, I will be hanging out with the guys at, which one is that? The Generational Gap. And we're going to do a paranormal episode from the, haunted, from the Haunted Hotel that they're staying at. So I will get that shared on my Facebook so that you guys can see it too.
1: And it'll also be back on the audio platform as bonus content as well. So go and check that out. Take care, guys. Have a good night.
2: Bye.